I just woke up from a few minute cat nap to clear my mind to do this recording and um, awaken to the thought that um, we all think we know where we are, but really that is mostly a collection of samskaras, latent past impressions, that all kind of collect and weave together to form this sense of, of reality and this sense of a sort of existence uh, that has nothing to do with uh, nearly any underlying reality. In other words, all of those samskaras are, are almost like webs or a um, or or like a theater hangings, you know, that create the illusion of scenery. And then there's who we are, where we really are in the world, in the universe, all around that that we're often not so conscious of because we're running in these very narrow channels of thought and consciousness without many ways to expand beyond them. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time in the 2024, 2025, 2026 charts, mostly 24, but I'm aware of a couple of important reference points out a few years, a few years beyond it. We're in a, a phase of conjunctions Conjunctions are the most powerful aspect because they represent the turnover of a cycle. Um, that's in collective astrology. In, in individual personal astrology, I, I, I think that squares are the most influential, but we won't get into that. But um, in collective astrology, like I'm doing in this recording and also in the 2024 readings, the conjunctions are the thing to keep an eye on, and there's many happening and uh, and many developing. The most immediate one is Jupiter conjunct Uranus, and that happens on 4 uh, uh, There is, speaking of uh, conjunctions, just ahead of that, on April 8th, I, I hadn't really seen this chart. I can't believe I hadn't uh, look, looked at it or looked at it more carefully. I mean, I must have seen it at some point, but I hadn't taken the time to do it, and it kind of snuck up on me. Uh, the All-American Eclipse of April 8th, 2024, is a conjunction. It's a moon-sun conjunction. That's what a solar eclipse is, but it's also conjunct Chiron, and that's a very special event, a very unusual event eclipsed, especially to have it to the pin, conjunct Chiron. By to the pin, I mean that uh, the, the wheel is divided into 12 signs, 360 degrees. Every degree is divided into 60 arc minutes. Chiron is at 19 Aries, 24 arc minutes. Sun, 19 Aries, 24 arc minutes. Moon, 19 Aries, 24 arc minutes. That's basically impossible, but there it is. It happened. It is happening, and that's April 8th, 2024. The eclipse will cut a swath from uh, Maine to Texas. It'll go diagonally across uh, the, the east, 
part of the South and Southern Midwest. Um, and then uh, not much of other events. The I've, I've sent out, uh, or will be sending out shortly, uh, an article on the six six of the top events of, of 2024. Uh, they seem to be mostly concentrated at the beginning of the year, the first half of the year. I'm going to have to look for more interesting things out in, in the second half. Uh, but there's a lot developing, and that includes this total eclipse and then the conjunction of Jupiter and Uranus. And then... Um, over the summer, a near-miss conjunction of Saturn and Nessus. This is about our relationship to victim consciousness. Uh, it's a near-miss because it comes within one degree, but doesn't actually fully form, and then it fully forms in February. And then, looking at 25 and 26, these conjunctions are already forming. Chiron conjunct Eris in Aries, and then um, Saturn newly in Aries will be conjunct Neptune newly in Aries. I believe that's 26, 27. So before the conjunctions, you have a lot of balsamic phase, a lot of closure, a lot of wrap it up. And the balsamic phase can, can accelerate matters and can create a sense of, uh, a, a sense of frenzy, like uh, getting home before the sun goes down or getting all your Christmas shopping done uh, by, by uh, you know, by Christmas, and notably here in the Northern Hemisphere, the days are almost as short as they get, but they're still compressing. They're still, the sun is still, uh, because of the angle of the planet, working its way south along the horizon. So it sets a little, it rises a little further, well, it sets a <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, when we get into the southeast and the northwest thingy, I get a little confused, but um Everything's creeping south. And then what the solstice is, is everything seems to hold still. And uh, the angle of the uh, earth to the sun begins to change and the sun creeps north again. The days get longer starting on the solstice. And before that happens, uh, it is uh, there's a sense of compression. It's not just the holidays. It's just not the end of the civil calendar. There's this cosmic sense of compression of 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 things being squeezed and part of the squeeze is that uh, that right now um, we are the sun is uh, let's see the sun is at this minute at um, eight half degrees eight and one half degrees of uh, of Sagittarius and it's approaching a deep space point I've mentioned and have talked about in some recent articles called the great attractor uh, that is a focal point of 100,000 galaxies, not to be confused with our galactic center, which is not far from that. Uh, and that's at 27. The, the great attractor is at 15. The, the galactic center is at 27 Sagittarius. So Sagittarius has these massive influences in it that were not known uh, to antiquity. They were not known to Ptolemy and Eudoxus of Canidos, and you know maybe the Mayan shamans had an idea of 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 this stuff, but they they were not ever part of Western astrology. The symbolism may have translated through. So anyway, in in the northern hemisphere, uh, while the days are getting shorter, the sun is in Sagittarius and it's making these conjunctions to deep space points. So we're we're um, the, the, they're behind the sun basically. 
which means that at night, so during the day, right there, if you look at the sun during the day, approximately behind the sun are these deep space points. Of course, they're invisible. Uh, you can't see the great attractor at all. And the galactic center is veiled by all these dust clouds, but they can see it with radar, uh, rather X-ray telescopes. But the night sky is, we have our back basically at night to these deep space points. And there's a kind of a wintry, lonely feeling without the galactic center being visible, you know, without it being right there. It is there, but it doesn't seem like it. And uh, we're way on the edge, well, we're far out from the center of the galaxy, and then we are uh, one of the last galaxies at the tail end of the great attractor. So the concentration point is megaparsecs, like 230 megaparsecs away, but we're one of the last galaxies in line to get there, moving very, very quickly. And I I know that the flat earthers object to, uh, one of the things they keep saying is, we're not moving in multiple frames of reference, i.e. the earth going around the sun and the sun going around the galaxy every quarter billion years. Uh, oh, and then what none of them seem to know is that the galaxy itself is part of a group called the local group. And then there's the Virgo group. They're all the same thing, basically. They're all part of the same gravitational watershed funneling toward the great attractor at, yes, a million miles an hour. People are like, well, we can't really. We, we would feel it if we were moving that fast. And I say, yeah, you, what you feel now is feeling that. What, what do we know about time except staring at our watches? Uh, you know, we're, What do we know about our reality except largely a whole bunch of samskaras? And then maybe you take some DMT and suddenly the samskaras are all gone take some mushrooms, some scars are all gone, or they melt a little bit, and they're like, oh, there's something behind all these curtains. There's something behind all of this dross that we call reality. All right. Immediate astrology is um, that Mercury moves into Capricorn tomorrow. That uh, officially sets, uh, commences the Mercury uh, retrograde, but the retrograde doesn't happen until... Um, I take I have a wide berth of Mercury retrograde. Uh, the retrograde doesn't happen. The station retrograde doesn't happen for two more weeks. We're not even technically in the Mercury storm phase yet, but the retrograde occurs in Capricorn mostly. It'll 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 back into uh, Sagittarius, uh, but it starts in Capricorn, and it starts right after the Sagittarius new moon on 12-13-23. Now, um, I, I have had my head in these 2024 charts, and one of the things that is just outstanding is the, the concentrations in Aries, particularly, well, they're all over Aries. There's these groupings of planets, a lot of them you haven't heard the names of, but they're my old buddies. Um, and and one of those groupings is at about eight or nine degrees of Aries. It includes uh, points like Salacia. It includes um, a Salacia is a 
trans-Neptunian object. Uh, I discussed that briefly with um, Dr. Alan Stern. I had misidentified it as a scattered disk object. We got into a little spat about that. I was completely wrong. Um, and then um, Bionor is in Aries. Um, Okoro, uh, as I said, Salacia. <clears throat> uh, it looks like, uh, well, these are some asteroids. They're not going to be there yet. So there's this concentration of points. Salacia, uh, Bionor, and then there is... Um, I believe Manway, that's named after the supreme god of the Lord of the Rings. There's a lot of stuff in early Aries. And then in early Capricorn, there is all this other stuff concentrated in early Capricorn. And that includes Pholus. That's that's in most charts. But then there's Quayar, Cupido, Ixion, and other points in Capricorn. And they're, they're making this kind of busy dialogue between early Capricorn and, and early Aries. And what happens is, from time to time, an inner planet shows up and does something. It, it, it focuses the energy, right? The outer planets are like, well, that's all the stuff behind all the samskaras. But the, the, the samskaras are the inner, largely the inner planets, the patterns, the known personality traits, and all of that, normal waking consciousness. And they, in this case, Mercury shows up right right in the midst in the midst of it and it stays still it that's the retrograde it's relative motion between the earth the sun and mercury but it's just sitting there at the same degree longitude as all those points well it's going to do activate them it's going to tell us about them this is a you know very psychically busy few weeks that we are uh, we are going into. Uh, so Capricorn, uh, Mercury goes into Capricorn on the 1st. Uh, the station retrograde is on the 13th, and the station direct is on the 1st of uh, January. So uh, bear that in mind. Last uh, couple of weeks of the year will be under the complete, basically the whole last month, and part of the first week will be under the influence of this uh, very intriguing Mercury retrograde, which will be uh, go all the way back back over the galactic center and station direct at 2211 um, have you been noticing anything interesting about the last few days as mercury has retrograded uh, rather moved direct over the galactic center uh, i have s suddenly sprung up some really incredible incredible correspondences with people and all i can that have this unworldly feeling and as if we've known each other uh before and all all i can find in the charts is like blazing that out about right now is, is that mercury has been and uh, is still very close to the galactic center currently 29 sagittarius uh, 10 as of this uh, reading the moon is in uh in, in cancer at 20 degrees uh, that, too, is a busy thing because overnight the moon is going to square the lunar nodes. It's going to make a square, 90 degrees, to Eris. It's going to make a trine to Neptune. It's going to make a square to Venus around all these times. Around now, all overnight, this is all basically overnight and into early Friday. And then finally... Um, midday, late in the day, Friday, make an opposition to Pluto. So it's all 
uh, very edgy, and uh, the Cancer Moon is sensitive no matter who or what sign uh, you are. That Cancer Moon is sensitive. Water signs, obviously, uh, much more sensitive to uh, to that. Let's get a time on that moon opposite Pluto. Uh, that time would be 8.06 a.m. on December 1st. So that's tomorrow morning, eight about 8 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, that means that early in the day, the day there will be a moon void after that, and then the moon enters Aquarius. No, 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 sorry. Moon enters Leo. Got that backwards. Wishful thinking. I have an Aquarius moon. I like when the moon's there. Moon enters Leo at 11 a.m. So the moon void goes from about 8.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, that is the time not to initiate things, not to make commitments, uh, it is a great time if you if you need to invent a meeting that will be uh, that will seem very important but be absolutely irrelevant. Do it during a moon void. Tomorrow morning is perfect for that. There are those times when there has to be like a very important discussion, but you don't want the outcome to stick. Moon void, of course. Thank you, Ursula, for teaching me that. It has served me well under certain circumstances. Uh, that that kind of maneuver is called electional astrology. Uh, I'm planning Planet Waves FM tomorrow night, a uh, less ambitious edition. Though we're planning to have Jeff Strahl on the program, the only person I know who could actually explain who Henry Kissinger was. He passed away yesterday. Uh, and then I will have more to say uh, to women, because I did a lot... I said a lot to men and posted like a eight-page kind of guide to men to not get in trouble with sex in today's completely fraught, highly politicized, polarized environment. But I didn't really say much of anything counterpart to uh, to the ladies and the young ladies. So I will have more um, about that uh, tomorrow. And um, uh, not not to miss is, is my conversation with English professor, retired English professor Janice Fiamengo from the most recent Planet Waves FM, who is uh, a very articulate advocate for men and who has been standing up to the emasculation of men and boys and uh, explaining why this is a problem and why we don't want it and a little bit about what to do about that. That's what I have to say. Uh, tonight, we're putting out a horoscope, and the um, uh, that horoscope subscriber access, the six events of 2024, open access for everyone. That should get you interested in the annual edition of Planet Waves. Might be my last one. Uh, it's my 26th time doing it. I've, uh, I've about had it, but I'm still fired up for this one. So uh, get it while the getting is good. These will be missed when they are gone. Uh, they, uh, they are such a beautiful uh, piece of astrological craft. All right, I will, I will leave you there and uh, resume at about 6, 7 o'clock when Planet Waves FM goes up on Friday night. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all your love and kindness and friendly support and material support and all of the rest. Lots of love and bye for now.